Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you might be. Welcome to the first episode ever of Vibe and Cultivate. My name is Maya, and I'm really excited to share with you some bits of knowledge that have helped me evolve and grow as a person. And I hope I'm able to shed light on some things that you're able to connect with. So... If, in case you don't you don't know me or you haven't known me for very long, um, I want to share a little background of myself that connects me to some of the things I'm going to be talking about today. So, again, in case you don't know, I'm an activist. I am a creative, a poet, and um, primarily I have worked in grassroots activism, nonprofits government, and I'm also a slam poet. Um, I competed with Youth Speak San Francisco. I won one of their bouts in late 2018, was a semi-finalist in 2019, Um, and then for my activism roles, I got started when I was about 17, um, which was very young and very challenging. Um, I, I worked with the March for Our Lives San Francisco um, on a massive platform. I was definitely under a, a pretty strict spotlight and um, a high level of scrutiny. And those experiences certainly brought in a lot of a lot of opportunities and are completely like the reason I am where I am today. Um, but I definitely had to learn a lot and grow up very quickly to adapt to my changing circumstances and learn how to be confident and sure of myself to make sure that I was still able to show up for the people who needed me most and continue to produce work that I would be proud of. So the purpose of me sharing this information about myself, about my self-teachings and and experiences is not to name drop or draw attention or try to get hype or anything like that because I don't even care about any of that stuff Um, but the different environments that I've been in have motivated and forced me to step up to like the next level when it comes to conducting myself professionally and truly showing up as my best self even when it's challenging, even when I really just wanted to quit and do something else and, you know, just not really have to deal with the pressures anymore because that's, that's what it gets to sometimes. It it really does, especially nowadays with the pressures of social media and things like that. Um, And part of the reason I wanted to start a podcast is, you know, we, we have, this this speed, this lightning speed on social media that gives us 15 seconds to explain and get across a point um, or or like on other platforms like TikTok, you have 60 seconds. And then, you know, if you're posting on, on a story, it goes away after 24 hours and then people don't see it again. And, you know, it's just it's never enough time to truly have a meaningful conversation that could even begin to replicate what we can do in person as we engage live with each other and even though this is not that um it's a bit more of a relaxed platform a relaxed space to just kind of calm down and listen and 
you know, engage with our own thoughts and be open to to different perspectives because that's how we grow and that's how we become our best selves. So, um, back to my prior roles, experiences, um, and things that I've learned. Um, there's definitely a unique, I would say, um, there's a a unique perspective and a unique role, I guess, as, you know, being the youngest person in a lot of rooms or the only woman of color in certain spaces, certain meetings, um, where you're expected to be almost like a monolith or, you know, you're you're looked on as like, oh, well, this person represents everyone. This one person represents everyone's interests. But in actuality, I was just the only one allowed in the room. I was the only one who was afforded those opportunities um, because I was privileged enough to be afforded that. Um, And it's tough, you know, feeling, feeling the pressure to represent such large groups of people when none of us really can like no one person can truly represent the collective interests of an entire community of an entire generation Um, but oftentimes I found myself being in being the voice of, of reason sometimes when when other people are unable to see outside of their narrow point of view because those surrounding them reinforce their preconceptions and prior beliefs so that's that's a pretty that's a pretty rigid wall to break through and I mean sometimes we don't that's the tough reality sometimes we'll we'll invest so much in a conversation with another person who has different views than us and we'll try so hard to just get them to level with us and it just doesn't happen and sometimes that feels like rejection sometimes that feels like we failed but Truly, that just means that things don't always go our way. And it doesn't mean that all of our work is null and void. It just means that this point in time with this, with this individual, like, it just wasn't going to happen. Like, the conversation just wasn't going to end how we wanted it to. And that is what it is. So, um, today, I'm going to talk about how the adaptations that I've learned in these environments, you know, working with some pretty high profile people. Um, I really had wonderful opportunities to work alongside members of Congress. And um, since moving to Chicago, where I go to school, I also had opportunities to work in government there and work with very, very different, very unique personalities of different people and um, just learning how to remain grounded in purpose and use that to fuel my my confidence and and being self-assured in spite of like the bad days in spite of you know maybe not being in the most ideal environment sometimes but being able to overcome that and still have confidence in the work that I'm putting out. So um, today I want to talk about something very, very specific, but salient. I'm going to talk about the difference between being self-absorbed and being confident. 
Those are two completely different concepts that oftentimes get blended very closely together and people like to think that they're more or less the same thing when they really, really are not. And I'm going to explain why. And I'm going to borrow from some ideas from Dr. Nicole Lapera, also known as the Holistic Psychologist on Instagram. You should follow her if you don't already. She has a very good content. So today we're going to be talking about how I have been able to build up and maintain my confidence over the years despite you know being put under a microscope in certain roles and that is truly inevitable due to heteropatriarchal systems and systemic racism in not just institutions that we're dealing with but in our own social spaces and in society because it's deeply ingrained in many people's behavior so um existing as a woman of color in these spaces where you know I was afforded these these opportunities to have my voice heard seeing other people seeing a a woman of color like myself be open-minded and be vocal and not be apologetic about it that's insane to some people. Like they they really have never seen that before or it like makes them uncomfortable or um you know whatever. Like people people like to judge. So you know sometimes even those who think that they are you know immune to having biases everybody has biases. Everybody has those little things that have been tweaked and and altered by our upbringings that shape what you think of other people and about like who gets to speak who gets to speak when whose opinions are the most important who can speak on this like blah 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 blah, all that so many times when I and other women like myself have expressed or given off any any sense of being self-assured and like self-confident you you hear all the time like oh she's she's so conceited she's so full of herself so self-absorbed not not just me but you know we see this all the time you know on instagram even with the simplest things like if if a woman posts some something that like that shows how they choose to empower themselves and to be very clear, women empower themselves and anybody empowers themselves like very, very differently, you know, in, in terms of physicalities, you can, some people are, are more empowered through modesty, some people are more empowered through nudity, and who cares which one it is, like honestly, honestly, who cares, and that's just one, that's just one example, you know, like people can, can be empowered through different things, you can be, you know, you can be very, very proud of of art that you create. You can be very proud of, you know, things that you've accomplished in your in your career field. You can be proud of of, you know, research or what you do in school or, you know, your your family, anything, honestly. And you know, people just really, really love to criticize. And, you know, the second that anyone seems like 
you know, maybe they have some confidence. Maybe they're, they're very self, self-assured in, in what they're doing. Insecure people will come out of the woodworks and they, I don't know if they want to like capitalize on attention or whatever, but I mean, they definitely will, will identify those who, who are successful in areas that maybe they feel insecure about. And so they'll nitpick that person because they don't know how to resolve that within themselves. They don't know how to pursue things that could maybe get them out of that rut and maybe improve improve their confidence, but they're unwilling or unable to do that. So the alternative is to tear down people who do embody those those things that they wish they had. So anyways, um, back to the dichotomous difference between confidence and self-absorption, being self-absorbed. Um, basically, if you are just like, very, very egotistical, whether that's in regard to status or, or image, whenever you, you don't have what you really want, you'll overcompensate. So rather than seeing, seeing certain imperfections, certain flaws, and just accepting them, you you'll do the most to try to prove that you that you don't have flaws or that you don't have insecurities and that like you're you're 100% all the time and that's overcompensating so basically what i'm saying is confident people are able to accept their flaws egotistical people cannot see their flaws or they deny them. They don't, they have no, no concept, no exception of like, oh yeah, this is something I could improve on. This is something that, you know, I'm, I'm not that good at, but you know, if I work on it, maybe I could get better. There's, there's no, there's no self sense of like self-improvement. It's just like, I am who I am. There is no changing me. Just deal with it. Like, this is how I am. And we've all heard people say things like that. And it's very frustrating when you're really trying to you know, have a a meaningful conversation with someone and they continuously just make it about themselves and proving how how perfect they are, which is funny because no one's perfect. I'm not perfect. You are not perfect in in any way. So um, to to dive deeper into this, again, we're going to look at the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole. She created a few resources to help us understand when we are in ego. So her words, you'll know you're in your ego when you compare yourself negatively. You judge another person's choices or life. You gossip. You get hooked into chaos or drama. Not that you started it, not that you finished it, but just being involved and feeding into it. You fiercely defend your opinion. Next one. You are an ego when you are defending your point while also trying to force someone to share it as truth. 
Sidebar, everybody has their own truth. Everybody has their own understanding of what the truth is. And if we can't see that, we're going to run circles around ourselves all the time because trying to convince someone to completely align with what you believe all the time, it's it's a waste. It is a total, total waste of time. Whether we're talking about politics or social issues or anything else, you know, we will expend so much energy trying to get people to understand our experiences and our our lived, you know, interactions and, and traumas and stuff like that when when in reality, like some people just will never understand. And anyways, okay, moving on. Other points, you are an ego when you judge someone then feel inferior. You judge someone then feel superior. And that just goes to say that if you're judging someone you truly aren't in the right position to be doing so because if you're imposing your opinions on that individual, who they are, how they express themselves, what they do, what their job is, what their car is, what their family acts like, then if subsequently you're like, oh, well, I I feel insecure about this now or, oh, what what if I need this because they have this? then just you you got to remove yourself from that behavior. You got to you got to cut that out because honestly, the more we focus on ourselves and how we can self improve and even not just that, but just like being okay with who we are and and understanding that like yes, other people might have this, but I have this, so I'm going to be okay. So yeah, this judgment, this judgment is just truly a waste of time. Um, Again, next point. You are an ego when you demand a person to behave a certain way. This is in person. This is online. This is everything. You do not have autonomy over other people's behavior and what they choose to do with their power of agency. We all have power of agency. We all have freedom to act how we want to. That doesn't mean we can't take feedback from other people, but Trying to police how everybody acts, it's it's just going to stress you out. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe next time um, we're down a social media rabbit hole, we'll think about that because it's very easy to get frustrated, especially when people are ignorant, especially when they're, you know, maybe ignoring some things that are going, that are going on around the world. Um, it's tough to be like, oh, especially with, with celebrities, you know, people who have huge, huge platforms um, and seeing them just like act in disappointing ways. It's important to remember that it's, it's not our job to dictate how they behave. It's not our job to make sure that they're doing what's right. We can still be mindful of who our role models are and who are icons or idols are because if you know that someone you really look up to has problematic behavior then it is your responsibility to surveil how you behave in relation to that individual do you just dutifully and and mindlessly just follow whatever they do support the brands that they support or do you actively check yourself and say oh maybe I can 
I can take some guidance from other people who I've maybe not listened to before, but their perspective and their presence could help me become a better person. That's that. So next point, there's three more. You are an ego when you criticize or dwell on your own past choices. You are an ego when you say yes, when you mean no, for approval. You are an ego when you believe you can fix it, save it, or heal someone else. That one is very, very powerful. And it applies so much to our relationships, oftentimes our closest relationships, where we feel like, you know, if we try hard enough, we can really help someone, we can, we can solve all their problems, we can help them heal, when in actuality, people need to make that choice for themselves. If someone wants to heal, if they want to get better, that's on them, that's up to them. We can be loving and supportive and, and try to share as much light and peace as we can, but at the end of the day, everybody is in, is in control of their own actions and no one else's. So those are some excellent, excellent points from Dr. Nicole, again, at The Holistic Psychologist. Please follow her on Instagram. Um, you can also sign up for her daily texts. Those are very, very, very useful, very cute. Um, so something I also want to point out is that everybody has insecurities that you might not see or be aware of because we never know what people's insecurities truly are. That's the, that's the crazy thing because everybody loves to assume. Everybody loves to say like, oh, you know, if this, if this woman on Instagram is posting photos of her, of her body, then she must be so insecure. Or like, wow, like she's, she's overcompensating, whatever, whatever people say it's just one that's probably not true but even if it is it's not your it's not your business it's not your place to speak on that because someone else's insecurities are very personal and that's something for them to work out it's not for anyone else to judge people can be insecure about absolutely anything some people are insecure about their their smile or their laugh or the way they speak or you know their grades in school or their job or their car and those are things that constitute how someone measures their worth and so if if something is is so personal that they believe that they are less worthy because of something why would you ever 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 you know like try to try to pinpoint that or to toward to expose that like that's just so that's just so bizarre to me Um, but the way this connects to certain experiences that I've had working in grassroots activism, which is something that you would assume everybody's so lovely and so, so happy and bubbly and whatever all the time. It's a tough reality once you actually get involved in it, because yes, some people are exceptional and amazing, and I would not trade any of my experiences for the world, um, but you will definitely learn that existing and partaking in grassroots activism, once again, as a woman of color, it, I mean, it's, it's multiplied if, if you are LGBTQ+, if you have, have other, other aspects of your identity that 
constitute you as a minority, it's it just gets tougher down the line. So um, basically, you discover very quickly that there are a lot of egos in activism and a lot of people who are just here for attention. They are just here to elevate themselves and their career. They will capitalize on different movements and different different causes to grow their brand, to promote their business, to get elected. And it's so gross and it's so disappointing when I see that, but also it's just reality. There are people who you never really know until you truly know them. And sometimes it takes having really, really sad and just like kind of heartbreaking experiences with people who you might trust to elevate a certain cause, but you later find out that they're really not in it for you know moral reasons or even not necessarily that intense but just people who don't know how to communicate with others and who don't know how to work in a group environment without always being the center of attention so that is definitely a key setting where distinguishing confidence from being self-absorbed is a very important thing to to distinguish and remember um, because sometimes we look up to egotistical people perhaps unintentionally because they have a facade of being confident and maybe they'll even say that they're confident but in actuality they're very insecure because if they have to capitalize on something to benefit others in order to I don't know, build themselves up in some way. That's not that's not a reflection of a self-assured person at all. So yeah. Anyways. So yeah, once again, many egotistical people aren't confident at all. Maybe they are a little bit in their own in their own weird way, but again, confidence is not to be confused with being absorbed with 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 the self so um yeah a lot of the time you'll see these people who once again are not confident um and they rely on putting others down and putting people in their place in order to validate and fuel their ego rather than understanding others as equals But when we're able to level with each other and recognize another person's humanity and their dignity and just the fact that they can have their own opinions and they can have another perception of the truth that is different to you. And if you can accept that without second guessing your worth based on other people's opinions, that is confidence. Understanding that like, You are your own person with your own thoughts and your own feelings and you are valid and you are worthy despite whatever flaws, despite whatever anything else, that you are valid and you are just as deserving of being happy and being successful and at peace. That is what being confident is. So the next thing that I'm going to talk about from Dr. Nicole is some differences between being ego-driven and being highest self-driven. So, 
some thoughts that you're going to have if you're operating from the ego, here's the list. I need to be quote unquote right. I project a facade because being vulnerable is too scary. In romantic relationships, I quote play games due to fear of abandonment. I'm protected against understanding my childhood trauma. Being liked or validated is my core focus when I make life choices. On the opposite side, being high self-driven, I can reflect and see two versions of the truth. I'm willing to be human and disclose my insecurities vulnerably. I view romantic relationships as a space to heal and evolve. My parents are human and uncovering trauma does not betray them. Alignment and authenticity is my core focus when I make life choices. Those are so important. Oh my goodness, cannot emphasize enough. Wow. She has some more. So, a couple of these repeat, but when you're when you're speaking and thinking from the ego, we think I am my opinions, thoughts, and beliefs, as opposed to I observe my opinions, thoughts, and beliefs and question them. When you're thinking from the ego, you think people are good or bad, right or wrong, as opposed to people are coping in the ways they know how, including myself. From the ego, you say I am right, rather than from the highest self, I have a limited perspective based on my past experiences. From the ego, I compare, compete, and perform for validation, as opposed to my worth does not need to be proven, period. From ego, I am reactive from a space of defensiveness and fear. Highest self, I can pause, observe, and have choice in my response. That one, ooh. Being able to take a minute to tap into some emotional maturity and once again have some power of agency before we pop off on someone, that definitely shows growth and evolution if you are able to think about your reaction and your response to something before you speak. Because that, it speaks volumes to who you are. It speaks volumes to your character if you are able to step up and be the bigger person even in those challenging moments. So, yeah. Lots of people, especially especially nowadays, have this obsession with always being right and always having to be the only voice in the room. And that's just simply not how things work. That's not how we get things done. If we, I mean, it's it's undemocratic, hello, but... Yeah, I mean, this when we're when we're engaging in dialogue in activism spaces and in any sort of space, if you're truly trying to get some group dialogue going on and come up with collective solutions that benefit everyone, does it even make sense to only listen to one person or to only believe one person? Because that's guaranteed to not work. You know? And we've all seen different versions of that 
in our own lives. Um, and whew, yeah, that's, that's definitely a lot to think about. It's a lot to, to marinate on. So in, in conclusion, um, transitioning these concepts into our everyday practices and interactions with others, um, Sorry, I gotta drink my coffee. My voice is getting very, very rough over here. Um, so, given that, you know, we're all in quarantine and we are all spending hours and hours and hours online, I hope maybe you're not. If you aren't, that's awesome for you. I admire that. Um, as we're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling through other people's content and other people's highlight reels that once again are not real not a reflection of reality nobody quite literally is any social media profile um be accepting of how people choose to empower and express themselves let people live their lives if someone wants to post every single photo of themselves in a dog filter or any other filter snapchat filter or edit the shit out of their photos let them live let them do what they want. Who cares? Like, does it really matter? Does it really, really matter how someone chooses to express themselves? If you truly hate what someone else is doing with their platform and you hate their content and you don't like it at all, just unfollow them. It's really not that hard. You know, many of these, these conflicts and these, these problems we see, they really exist in our heads. And these competitions that we create with others because we ourselves feel insecure, it's not real. It's not a reflection of reality. It's not something that we even need to give energy to or, or validate. It's just, it's a waste of time. It truly is. So if you find yourselves in competition with someone else who, let's be honest, probably is not thinking about you. <laughs> like, let's just be, let's be very real here. Um, just save your energy close out of out of your apps close out of all the the stuff that's just stressing you out because it's not worth it and if you're one of those people who thinks it's funny to just tear people down and you know say negative things about people and just criticize all the time I hate to break it to you but you are very bored and boring and just like really lame because what is that what does that really do for you? Honestly, like if you only have space to be negative all the time and to point out other people's flaws, like that's that's sad. I'm sorry. That's just that's just really not okay. Um and you know there's there's room for growth there. There's room to evolve. Um but definitely something to be to be mindful of. Um because truly the more you talk shit about others' insecurities, the more insecure you probably are. And just be mindful of how that comes off to other people. And, you know, if that is your behavior or like someone else's behavior in your life, inevitably, those actions are reflected on the closest people around you. So your friends and, and your friend's character is a reflection of you. Because we reinforce our, our actions and our, and our beliefs. So if you notice that someone around you has 
has these negative habits, understand that they're probably negatively influencing you even if you don't see it. So it's not just something to be like, oh yeah, okay, I guess this person is kind of negative sometimes or whatever. Like if that person is truly being toxic and like very egotistical, to use that word for the thousandth time, um, I mean, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be in your life anymore. And that's tough. But at this point, we all need to protect our peace and protect our energy. And sometimes that means tapping into our highest self and understanding my worth does not need to be proven. I can pause, observe, and I have choice in my response. I observe my opinions, thoughts, and beliefs, and then question them. Everyone is coping in their own way. I have limited limited perspective based on my experiences. Understanding that, that is what is going to empower us. So anyways, um, in conclusion, um, everybody is capable of being a bad bitch. Everyone is capable of being confident. You just need to allow yourself the space to grow and the space to evolve into that confident person. And again, just being confident does not mean that you don't have flaws. It does not mean that you get a pass to treat people like crap. It does not mean that you are above anyone else in any way, shape, or form. No title, no accolade, no invitation or award is ever going to make you more important of a human being than any other person. That simply does not exist. So we need to find ways to level with other people and to empathize in order to grow as a community. So that is all I have for today. Thank you so much for listening. I really hope this helps someone. Um, Yeah, Um, if you don't already, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Maya Tursini. Um, I will see you next time. Have a great day.